While we were away, we uh, went to Sight and Sound in uh, Branson, Missouri, and it's the, it's the same Sight and Sound that's in Lancaster, and uh, uh, we saw Samson. It was quite the production. It was, you know, people really loved it, and so did I, but uh, kind of renewed my interest in Samson, and so this morning, <laughs> guess what? We're talking about Samson. And um, I, I forget the title I gave. Samson, a man of divine strength and divine favor. I had a couple of different titles. Now, whenever you think of Samson, what's, what's the one thing that, is there one thing that pops into your mind? Huh? Delilah, okay. Anything else about Samson? <laughs> he had long hair. He got his, his strength from, came from the Lord. You know, so most of the time, whenever we think of Samson, we think of his failure, his moral failure, and Samson and Delilah, and uh, yes, and that is true. He had that, but you know, one of the one of the interesting things as we look at this, and we'll start with Hebrews chapter eleven, uh, beginning at verse thirty-two, and this is uh, Hebrews eleven is the uh, heroes of the faith. Uh, chapter, okay? And verse 32 says, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in fighting, and turned the armies of foreign enemies to flight. Now, did you notice Samson's names in there? <laughs> now, we, you see, and one of the things we have to understand about this is, grace is greater than our sin. Okay? You see, if we would like to look at, you know, we look at Samson, and you know, yes, he had a moral failure, but in the New Testament, it doesn't talk about his his great strength, and it doesn't talk about his failure. It talks about subduing kingdoms, administering justice, obtaining promises, stop the mouths of lions, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword, out of weakness remain. Samson fits almost every one of these characteristics. And that his life is more than just his failure. And the, the challenge for us is to move beyond our failures and not allow our failures to influence our future. Because grace is greater than our sin. And that if, if in, in, in looking at what we have here in the New Testament and in, in looking at the life of Samson, his, his goal was to begin, begin the defeat of the Philistines. Now, going back, if you, you look at this, we find that um, Samson was one of 12 judges. Now, what happened, you know, you have Israel coming out of, out of Egypt. Moses led them out of Egypt and, and through the wilderness for 40 years and into the promised land or almost to the promised land. Then Joshua took over and Joshua led them and they went into the promised land. But one of the problems that Israel had was they never... They never drove out the enemy. And 
whenever we begin to see the analogies that go on in our own life, the little sins, <laughs> the little things that we never fully conquer in our life, will come back to haunt us. And the challenge is that we, we get rid of them and that we keep them out. And that we continue to be vigilant in praying for God to keep them out. You see, once something is gone, doesn't mean it won't try to get back in. <laughs> you, sometimes we feel that, well, God delivered me of that, and now, I have, now I'm, I'm suddenly facing it again. What's wrong with me? You, you know, you're human. <laughs> just, you know, pinch yourself, you hurt. You fall down, you get black and blue. I mean, you just, it just happens, <laughs> you know? So you're, you're going to have, we're going to have these difficulties. And it's called being human. <laughs> and Samson, he had, he had his problems. But beyond that, we're gonna, we'll get to that in a moment. So after the death of Moses and after the death of Joshua, the, the, and there was, you know, elders of Israel that were appointed to be rulers or helpers, you know, under, under Joshua and stuff. They all died. Well, Israel then had a vacuum. <laughs> there was no one to lead them. And uh, they didn't have a central government. They had only the temple or the tabernacle. And you see, God was to be their, their leader. God was to be, and following God's laws, was to be a, a way of bringing the people together. But whenever the children of Israel, <laughs> they didn't push out all of the, the uh, enemies of the land, they began to intermarry with them, and they began to worship their gods. And they fell into idolatry, they fell into sin, and they lost their contact or their covenant with God. They walked away from their covenant with God. So, um, in Judges 17.6, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel, everyone did what was right in his eyes. <laughs> They did what they saw fit. Can you imagine what would be, what would happen in our world if everyone did what they saw fit? Now, we have a lot of people who try to do that, you know, and they end up in prison or they end up, you know, hurting and, you know, whatever. So there are laws that are community laws that are hopefully for the betterment of all. And uh, we don't sometimes like those laws because they interfere with what? we want to do or infringe on our territory, but they are there for a um, purpose. Now, one of the things I, I, I didn't quite understand or figure out, that, you know, whenever, whenever um, Joshua and them divided up the promised land, they gave each of the 12 tribes a certain area of ground, certain area of land. Well, the tribes, all of those tribes, they were fiercely independent. So they would fight against each other, and the book of Judges even has their own civil war that they had between each other. So they were very fiercely independent and would, you know, if, if their brother, their cousins, you know, got in, got in uh, trouble, they'd say, well, good for them, they deserve it, you know, and they wouldn't go help each other. Well, this is kind of why they didn't drive out the inhabitants of the land, because certain f groups didn't fulfill and drive out the people. Well, the Philistines were this group of individuals who lived by the uh, Mediterranean Sea, and there's like five cities. And the five cities were walled cities and five kings, and so they were very powerful. They, they had a very powerful army. They had, and they would just 
They owned Israel. <laughs> so what happens is when we don't drive out our enemy, our enemy will eventually try to subdue us. In this case, we have Israel being promised a promised land given to them by God. They didn't do their part. Therefore, they ended up becoming captive to the, the, thing, the enemy they were supposed to drive out. Now, what is some of the analogies? The analogy is that we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God. And there are things in our life that we need to allow God to help us drive out. Now, these may not be uh, sins that are going to put us in hell. <laughs> these just might be things that are, um, well, <laughs> I'll jump ahead. Imagine that, jump ahead. Uh, we have, we have Samson, you know, we, we have Delilah, okay? Most of the time we think, okay, this guy is pretty dumb, you know? <laughs> you know, he, he's a judge of Israel, and God comes upon him, and the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him, and he does f many fantastic, wonderful events. I mean, he has superhuman strength. He, um, well, he, uh, <laughs> he decides he wants to have a wife, okay? That's a good thing. But he went to the Philistines, and he saw a woman there, and he wanted her to be his wife, and he tells his dad, Dad, I want her to be my wife. Go get her. And dad should have said no, but you don't want to disappoint your son who's a, you know, <laughs> he's a man with God. And, uh, and the angel came to, uh, the, uh, you know, Samson's dad and mom, you know, and says, your, your son, you're going to have a son, and he's going to be a Nazarite from his birth, and God's got a purpose for him. Now, going back to us, while we were yet in our mother's womb, God knew us. He formed us. He knew all the things that we would need. Then comes our life, the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit. And between the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and us is this longing, this stirring that brings out in us strength that we didn't know we had. The strength to, or the faith to, pray for. The strength to carry on whenever we feel weak and defeated we have this we have this superhuman supernatural strength that arises in our heart if the same spirit that raised christ from the dead dwell in you he will quicken your mortal bodies so you see we got we got something going on on the inside we have something going on in our hearts and our minds that is different than people who don't believe and this is what was going on with Samson. He had this, he had this super new, supernatural strength uh, and inside of him that was given to him before he was even conceived. <laughs> now we're stretching it, huh? <laughs> God had a plan because the judges came to Israel when... This is where we get the grace of God. Israel didn't do their part. They didn't fulfill what God commanded them to do. Drive the enemy out of the land. Okay? So they settled for second best. We'll just cohabitate with them. <laughs> and they intermarried with them. Then they started worshiping their gods. And then their, those people conquered them. They became their slaves again. Israel, the, the children of Israel became slaves to the Philistines. So what do they do? They cry out to God and ask God for help. And what does God do? God is faithful to the promise he gave to their fathers. 
God is faithful to the promise he gave to Abraham. He gave to Isaac. He gave to Jacob. He is faithful to the promise he said when to Abraham, I'm going to take you to a land that I'm going to give to you and to your descendants, and they're going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky, and, and this is going to be your land. And these people are crying out. They, they've done all the wrong things, as it were, and they're crying out because they've allowed themselves to be come slaves again to the people they should have driven out of the land. And what does God do? He shows up to honor his promise. God will always honor his promises. Our failures do not negate the promises of God. It doesn't matter how many people don't believe. It matters who does believe. Your belief is enough to move the hand of God. Amen? <laughs> Your prayer is enough to move the hand of God. Because you have the promise in your heart that caused you to pray in the first place. And what the devil does is he tries to get us to think about our failures when God is trying to get us to remember his promises and his grace. You see... Samson is a man of great strength. You and I are people of great strength. One of the judges is um, Gideon. <laughs> and Gideon, you know, the, the, uh, these enemies of Israel, <laughs> they would come in when it was harvest time, and they would come in and plop down in the middle of the fields and take all their grain and everything. And, and, and Gideon was on the threshing floor, hiding and, and, and trying to get some wheat out there so he could have some bread. And the angel shows up and, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. <laughs> Gideon says, who, me? <laughs> you see, we don't realize who we are. And that's, not, that's because we don't listen to the right voices. <clears throat> so Samson wants a bride. And they go down, and, and uh, so they get a riddle, you know, you know, so you have to know the story. But that's, I don't want to go there. It takes too long. Uh, read the book. <laughs> read the book. Uh, and you'll find out that uh, Samson kills a lion with his bare hands. It's kind of hard to do. And anyhow, he gives the riddle and all this kind of stuff, and, and, and he ends up... <laughs> Um, his, his wife is given to his best man. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> you know, anyhow, and, and he, you know, he, he catches a hundred foxes and lights up the fields and, and, you know, and burns down the grain and all those types of things. But you can go through all of that. Um, Israel refused to eliminate the enemy completely from the land. This led to intermarriage and idolatry, to decline, to moral decay, to defeat. They needed God, but their pride and their desire for their own way and chasing after foreign gods led them to fall from their faith in God. Before long, they became captives. Out of their desperation, they begged God to rescue them. In faithfulness to his promise and out of loving kindness, God would raise up a judge to deliver his people. And this is where Samson comes in. Now, um, what does it take 
for a man like Samson. You know, he, he was a judge for over 20 years. So it isn't like he, he had this total failure of a life. He was, he was a man who judged Israel, who gave them direction, who was kind of like the man who, you know, set people right. And it wasn't, you know, I often think, if you don't do it my way, I'm going to beat you up, you know? <laughs> you know. But Samson's strength was not against the children of Israel. His, his strength was against the Philistines. Now, <clears throat> Delilah. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll, we'll just jump over to th- this story where we're very familiar with. Delilah is a person that Samson falls in love with, and she is more concerned about her greed than she is about her love for Samson. But Samson has a weakness. Now, whether it's, you know, the, the, uh, Delilah and her beauty, or whether it's for attention, or, you know, we don't really know. But you see, every one of us have Delilah's. <laughs> Some of us have a temper. You see, well, how many times does it take? You know, she, she, you know, she played these games with Samson. Tell me your strength. Tell me your strength. And he would tell her one thing, and she would do that. And she, you know, Samson, the Philistines are upon you, and he'd break it away. You'd say, well, he ain't too bright. <laughs> you know, if you travel around the track, and there's a hole there, and you fall into it, you know, that happens. But if you go around the track the second time, fall in the same hole. Go around the track the third time, fall in the same hole. Sooner or later, it becomes an IQ test, right? Well, Samson was, and we would look at this and say he's not too bright. Well, but you see, how many times do we listen to our our failures over God's grace? How many times do we look at and listen to our low (laughs) self-esteem? The the voices in our head that say, you're not good enough. Or do you remember when? You see, those are our Delilahs. You see, we will go and sleep with them. (laughs) We will sleep with the idea that we're listening to the wrong conversations. (laughs) We will get focused on our failures. We will (laughs) pray hard at times and give up when it doesn't happen immediately. (laughs) You see that we have these times in which God has answered our prayers and God has given us supernatural abilities or blessed our lives in a supernatural way. And, and, you know, it's a way in God's grace and mercy has just been poured upon us and we are so, you know, this demonstration of power and strength is in us and we can move mountains and tear gates off of, off of cities and carry them over the hill. We can kill a thousand people with a jawbone of a donkey. And yet we fall, <laughs> fail, we fail completely by going to a, a prostitute and trusting our life with someone who is our enemy. You see, trusting somebody who is your enemy, the enemy of our soul doesn't want us to know how important you are. Okay? The enemy of our soul doesn't want us to know that you can move mountains, that your prayers can change the lives of people. That your prayer can make a difference for your life and the lives of others. That whenever you quote the scripture, 
you know, whenever you know there's a test, you know, you know, like <laughs> Tuesday mornings, you know, when I when I with the hospital, Tuesday mornings were difficult for me. Going back and working, you know, they were just difficult. Well, you, you can't wait till Tuesday morning to say, okay, God, I need your help. We need to start a week, you know, Friday, you know. <laughs> Friday's here, but Tuesday's coming, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, we need to start praying ahead of time whenever we know difficulties are coming because we are building up our, our faith. We're building up our reserves, as it were. We're trying to prove something that we don't need to prove. That we would like to be equal to somebody else, but we don't think we are. We're not good enough. We don't have the abilities. We don't have the education. We don't have the upbringing. We don't have... You see, these are our Delilahs that we sleep with. <laughs> and what they do is they rob us of our strength. <laughs> That's the sermon. <laughs> the Delilahs of our life will rob us of our strength. And, and the thing is... God hasn't forsaken us. You see, we know what happened to Samson. <laughs> you know, she got paid off and they took Samson captive and gouged out his eyes and they're all celebrating. And uh, they're all, you know, because in, in that time frame, if I beat you in battle, my God was bigger than your God. But God, creator, Jehovah, doesn't operate that way. <laughs> When difficulties came to the children of Israel, it was only to bring them back into compliance or bring them away from their sin. You see, God wasn't punishing them. Their sin was bringing that punishment upon them. When they sinned, they were taking away God's protection. They were believing in other gods, and God said, okay, go, go ahead and believe in those gods. See what happens. Well, they lost everything. Then they would say, oh, God, we believe in you. And God honors his promise, comes back, delivers them, and puts the judge there and says, this is what's going on. This is what you need to do. And, we're, and they're all, yes, we're going to do that. And, you know, they're going back the other way again. That's that commitment because they, they continue to sleep with their enemy. <laughs> you can't go to bed at night quoting the failures of life. We have to go to bed at night with our prayers of faith and our expectations for tomorrow. Our prayers of faith that God is able to deliver us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That there is a place in the presence of God that nothing can ever come between me and God. God will never allow us to be separated. You see, we, we have our... Delilah's, okay? And those things will gouge out our eyes. We will not have the ability to see the truth. Don't believe the lies. Don't allow them to take away your vision. Because where there is no vision, people perish. <laughs> you see, so don't allow yourself to become blinded to the, what the realities of life are. I have a very real problem. I've got a very real God. I've got a very real promise. I've got a very real person 
Jesus Christ, who abides with me and walks with me, and I am his and he is mine. I've got the power of the Holy Spirit. I've got the influence of God that circles me. I walk in God's steps. He, walk, he walks with me. You see, we have all of this going for us, and what do we do? We settle into a relationship with somebody who's trying to destroy us. And that isn't necessarily a person. It's a thought. It's an action. And when Samson had his eyes gouged out and, and you know, God came to him. You see, God doesn't leave us because we fail. God doesn't want us to die in our sin, our failures. So you see, even look at Peter. Look at, look at Peter denying Jesus. You know, look at Thomas. I'm not going to believe it until I put my finger in his side. You know, look at all these people. What did God, he came to them. Go tell Peter. <laughs> Go to Peter and tell him, I'm alive. You know, Peter, do you love me? Restoration, restoration. God is always restoring us. What is the enemy of our soul? Failure, this, that, whatever. Don't, accuser. <laughs> Jesus doesn't accuse us. He leads us. He doesn't guilt us. He encourages us. He doesn't blind us. He opens our eyes. So Samson, God comes to him and says, you know, basically, Samson, your hair is getting long again. <laughs> your strength is, hasn't left you. So anyhow, Samson, he goes to the main pillars of the building. Now, I, I don't, we don't know what the pillars were, but I was thinking, I didn't ask the guys to pull it up, but at Luxor, there's a temple. Uh, in, in Egypt, they have these huge, huge stone pillars. You know, they're huge. They're maybe 10, 15 feet in diameter. And, you know, they're, they, they're huge mammoths, you know, 40, 50 feet high. And they put, they put stone plates on top of them for roof. <laughs> so they had this... Uh, Dagon, Dragon, whatever his name is. And this is the god of the Philistines. And they have this huge temple built to this god. And the, the, the Philistines were nasty people. They, they, were, they human sacrifice their enemies. They would just torture and kill. They were, they, were, they were nasty. That's why God wanted them driven out from the land. So here they are celebrating Samson, you know, he's conquered. Our God is greater than Samson, and, you know. So Samson, he's at the main pillars of the building and pushes out the pillars. We know the story. And there are thousands of people that are killed in that, in that devastation. It was the beginning of the end of the Philistine uh, oppression of Israel. And that's what, what eventually, that was, that's what was said of Samson at the beginning of his life. He will begin the end, as it were, for the Philistine Empire. And, you know, David comes along later and all that. But in our life, the strength is always there. It's in his word. The strength to overcome any problem, <laughs> you know, we don't like our life. We don't like our, our job. We don't like where we live. We don't like... Our life isn't about 
what's happening to us. It's about how we're dealing with what's happening. And you see, as we deal with it, then the, do- the doors begin to open because the doors of opportunity begin as we knock on them. Doors aren't going to open unless we have an understanding that God is going to open the doors before us. He's going to open doors that no man can close, and he's going to shut doors that nobody can kick open. God is going to cause events to happen, and he's going to bring us to these places, these intersections, and you're going to, you know, just as we're sitting there having dinner and in walks a person from Pennsylvania, of all the restaurants in Springfield, Missouri, and the first restaurant the first Sunday they we were at opposite ends of towns at church and we came to this place and sat down and had lunch together those are the divine intersections of life that no one can orchestrate only God and this morning I was looking out the window and these birds in the tree you know flying around out there I thought wow God knows those two birds are there And not one of them is going to fall without God knowing it. And he feeds them. Sometimes we feed them, but God feeds them. (laughs) But God using us to feed them. But you see, if God can take care of the birds, he's letting us know he's going to take care of us. So don't allow, don't go to bed with Delilah. (laughs) Don't allow the deceptive thoughts to take away God's purpose for our life. Don't allow our eyes to lose their sight for what God wants to do because nothing is impossible with God. Amen? So what do we do? We push out the pillars and the enemy crashes down and God says, chalk one up for the good guys. (laughs) Let's stand, shall we? So, Joshua's, uh, excuse me, Samson's strength, dedicated to God from his birth, known for his feats of strength, listed in the Hall of Faith, began to free Israel from the Philistine oppression. You see, We were dedicated to God from our birth. Maybe not by our parents, but by the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And God has a purpose for our life, and our purpose isn't over because we're still here. So therefore, let's begin to live our life with faith, with expectation, with an understanding. God is going to bless us. Maybe not in ways that we think. That's why don't allow your eyes (laughs) to have tunnel vision. Allow ourselves to be looking for God's blessing and how he's going to bring it into our lives in a bountiful way. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you. (laughs) There is no shadow of turning with you. God, there are no shadows in your kingdom. There's only light. And God, the light of Jesus Christ is shining on our path, and Lord, we are grateful that nothing can separate us from you. So help us, Lord, to defeat those those thoughts, those things that we do or listen to or don't do. God, that we might 
we might become what all that you intended us to be. So Lord, we dedicate ourselves to you. We rededicate ourselves to you for your purpose and for your kingdom. For it is your kingdom that we want to come in our lives, in our hearts, in our families, in our communities. And God, you will use us. Amen? God bless you. Ha, ha, ha.